0: The sixth lesson, am I on? Awesome. The sixth lesson this morning, Luke tells of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, as the prophet Micah had foretold, and this comes from Luke chapter two, verses one through seven. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all should be, all the world should be registered. This was the first registration while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that this is the day that you sent your son to come to the world, to leave the throne room of heaven, to save us, to rescue us. Lord, I am not worthy to bring this message. I pray that you would use it in spite of me, and that you give us eyes that can see and ears that can hear, and hearts that are open this morning. And I pray this all in the precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, I'll echo Matt and welcome you to North Cross. My name is also Matt, and I'm one of the elders here. And uh, I'm excited to bring this message to you this morning. Um, If you're new to North Cross, we would love an opportunity to tell you a little bit more about our community and what we're about, and how you could potentially plug in. Um, If I was to tell you about a movie, and this movie starts off with a wedding, so think rom-com, and right as you're getting settled into the start of the movie at this wedding, an all-out war breaks out, and there's blood and gore and death, even human sacrifice. And my guess is you'd assume the movie's rated R, and you'd tell me that I was crazy if I showed it to my four kids. Um, You see, this morning's message is not merely about a manger in Bethlehem and shepherds keeping watch over the flock by night or angels in the heavenly realm singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace towards those with whom his favor rests. You see, if Christmas is only about the manger in Bethlehem, we are missing a much bigger story that Christmas is actually the story of the entire Bible. That movie is the story of the Bible. And to begin, we have to start at the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, with Adam and Eve, the very first wedding, the very first marriage, living in harmony and unity with God, in perfection in paradise. And he said, God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them, He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, Adam and Eve had perfect unity with God and each other in the garden, and they were given a charge to care for and cultivate creation. And everything was perfect as it should be. But the story didn't end there. And unfortunately, Sin and sickness entered the world when they ate the tree that God told them not to eat, the tree of the knowledge of the fruit of good and evil. And when that happened, everything changed. Sin and sickness entered our world. And God finds them in the garden. They heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. You see, they were ashamed. And at that moment when they fell, an all-out war broke out in heaven between God and his angels and the devil and his demons. And that war was fought from the beginning of time for the hearts and souls of all mankind. From back then to today to everyone that will come after us until the second return of Christ in the end times. But the good news is the story doesn't end there. You see, at that moment in the garden when Adam and Eve fell, God began a rescue plan a plan that will one day bring a son that would save us from sin and sickness. And we fast forward to the story of Abraham, who was a man that feared God, who left his homeland and went to a new land that God told him to go to, to find a promised land. And Abraham was a man that believed in God, and he and his old wife, Sarah, finally had the baby that they had prayed for for so many years. And God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, here I am. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, And go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell to you. And Abraham, believing and trusting in God, did exactly as he was told. And Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. And God said, Abraham, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know you fear God, seeing that you've not withheld your son, your only son, from me. You see, what Abraham was doing out of obedience to God was actually a foreshadowing of what God the Father would do. In sending Jesus to be the propitiation of our sins. And out of Abraham's faith, God decides to bless Abraham, and he says, I will bless you, and surely I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the world be blessed. Then we fast forward to Isaiah, the prophet that came to the Israelites 700 years before the birth of Jesus. He says, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then we find ourselves in Bethlehem at the manger scene, where Mary and Joseph, a scared teenager, and her betrothed husband obeyed the decree of Caesar to go and be registered in the city of David in Bethlehem, just as it was prophesied. You see, every year at Christmas, we have a story that we like to read to our kids. Um, And to us, this really brings Christmas to life. It's from Ann Voskamp's um, The Greatest Gift Unwrapped. And the story goes, the time is here. It's here. All of heaven, all the angels, all the span of history has been waiting just for this. God turned one last time as a baby inside Mary, and then the skin of the very God slipped naked and small in hands that he himself had made. This is the birth of God. Who can find words? Mary and Joseph, hunched in a stable, awestruck that they were holding in their trembling hands the Son king, who's the father's rescue plan to free his children from badness and darkness. Mary and Joseph could hardly breathe, and the scent of God was skin. The Lord saves. God with us. Jesus. But remember how there's always more happening than what we can see? And on the night Jesus was born, there was more happening than we could see. God's letter to us, the Bible, tells us that high in the heavens, above above the manger, Behind the velvet curtain of silent stars, an all-out war raged. Armies of evil exploded in raging battle against God, the Father of the universe. In heaven, when Jesus was born, it wasn't a silent night. It was a cosmic war spinning across space. And all of earth held its desperate, wild breath. Jesus came for you, warring against the darkness to win you back to him. The evil enemy of God, Satan, who tried to hold us all captive, after our sinful fall in the Garden of Eden, fell like lightning from heaven, fell out of the sky in a heap. And then at last, all was calm, all was bright. Over Bethlehem, the star hung high and victorious on that silent night, that holy night. His love had to rescue you and release you to love. All other love stories don't compare to this one because this is the greatest story that ever was. That night, our rescue had come. God visited our planet and we can be free. So friends, my question for you this morning is do you believe this to be true? Now, if you're here this morning and you've been a believer your whole life, of course you believe it's true. In fact, you are shouting amen and hallelujah, but perhaps that's not where you are today. Perhaps you're here because it's Christmas and you thought you should attend church, or maybe a friend brought you, um, or maybe you're doing it as a favor to somebody, Maybe you grew up in a church and you've been disenfranchised by it, by the brokenness that the church can often bring. Uh, Maybe you grew up believing this, but you're struggling with either choices you've made or suffering and things that have been done to you. But friends, my encouragement to you this morning is that what happened on that day in Bethlehem was the start of a rescue plan where everything in the sad, everything in the world that is sad will one day come untrue. Every sin, every sickness, every cancer, every war, every famine, ultimately undone through the work of Jesus to be born in Bethlehem and ultimately to die on a cross. You see, the greatest part about the Bible is that the Bible begins with a wedding and it ends with a wedding. And when we get to Revelation, at the very end of the Bible, we hear about the wedding feast of the Lamb in Revelations 19. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, Like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linens, bright and pure. Friends, one day, if you believe that Jesus came to the world, lived a perfect life, died the death on Calvary, and rose again three days later, We will be at the wedding feast of the Lamb when Jesus returns. And my charge to you today is don't let another Christmas go by before determining whether or not this is true. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for these words that you gave us. I thank you that your Bible is true, that we can trust it from start to finish. And I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts to what you had for us this morning. If there's someone here that doesn't know you and hasn't come to a saving knowledge of you, would you awaken their heart through your spirit? We praise you and we thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' name, amen.